0: Well, praise the Lord. Small things are coming again. Hallelujah. This is number seven, the last of the small things. Because of that, I want to review where we've been. And when I started reviewing and looking at it, it's amazing what God is is trying to reveal through all of this. It's not just a scripture here and a scripture there, and everything is flowing together and uh, it even blessed me when I saw it, and, and unbelievable what God is doing in, in His Word. First of all, we looked at the fact of Genesis 1, 26-31, where it says, uh, we have found out why God made us. Uh, he didn't make me just to sit around and do nothing. He made me as a dwelling place upon the earth. He made us as to reveal Himself to everybody on the earth. He made us to manifest His character and authority. He made us to express His dominion upon the face of the earth. So that's what He wanted to do with Adam and Eve. And guess what? They didn't do it right. (laughs) They they decided they're going to, well, I think we'll do this. Uh, It's not going to hurt us. And they wound up in sin. And it opened up the door for the devil to come in and, and become ruler of this here world. That's what he wanted to do. So then God said, Well, it's gotten so bad that we're gonna um I'm gonna use another uh person, just one person. His name is Noah. So we went and looked at that from Genesis chapter six through nine. For God wanted a new beginning. He it's almost like okay, let's start over. You know, it didn't work the first time, uh like I thought it would, but let's go again. And so he he told Noah the same thing he told Adam and Eve. I want you to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So the same thing that's in God's heart for Adam and Eve to do, he told Noah the same thing. He says what he's wanting to do, to be fruitful and multiply, and bring forth his his character into the earth, bring forth everything that he is into this earth. Well, that worked for a while until they got to the point, well, I think we know how to do all this. We're going to build a big tower. You know, we're going to get to God our way. We're going to call the tower Babel, and uh, we're just going to build it as tall as we can. We're going to reach God ourselves. And and God says, "Uh uh-oh, that's not what I wanted. I wanted them to depend upon me. So what did he do? He confused their language. And then he started again with, in Genesis chapter 12 and following. And with that, God was looking to develop a family of faith because he's always wanted people to have faith and trust towards him. And he dealt with that with Abram to the point that you're going to be the father of many nations. And so that's where we went there with another new beginning. God seems like he's starting over And if if it doesn't work out right, he's going to get it corrected. Well, from there we see that uh, the people said, okay, we want a king. And so, okay, God said, that's what you want. You see, God's going to let us have what we want, even though it may not be his will. If that's our desire, he's going to say, okay, this is what you want. So he gave him Saul. And Saul became king, and everything about it, and it was working fine until Saul got caught up into the position of it all, and became, well, I'm great. I want all of this. I want this for myself and everything. And God says, "Oh, here we go again." So God says, Samuel, uh, I want you to go and, uh, and anoint David. So that's what we looked at in 1 Kings 16:1 through 13. David was anointed as king. Now, he could have chosen all the other brothers and sisters. He had seven other brothers. I mean, seven other brothers to choose from. But he didn't choose that. He chose the eighth brother. What does eight stand for? New beginning. <laughs> Here we go again. I'm going to have a new beginning again. God's always having a new beginning. That's what he's, he's, if it doesn't work, I'm going to try again. I'm going, here we go. So, we had David. David was growing up, and uh, we looked at 1 uh, uh, I mean Samuel 17, and the fact that here we had this young boy, a shepherd, out in attending sheep, and all of a sudden, uh, the Philistines were coming against the nation of Israel, and and... Oh, and they had this big, big, big giant, and no one would go against him. and David says, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> y'all scared or something? I'll go against him. Now, how could David say that? Well, David could say that because, you see, he grew in faith. He grew in his faith through the small victories that he already had with a lion and a bear. Now, when he had that, he began to, Trust God. God said he could do it. God said he was going to use him to do it. And he was going to face this giant. Therefore, David didn't go around and like everybody else, Oh, I'm scared. I got, got." oh, talking all negative talk. No, David began to speak faith. I'm going after him. And he came to that giant and said, Listen, you are in my hand. I got you today. That's it. You're mine. Because God said it. So that's what God has always wanted a people of faith to speak faith, to speak against the situation and be able to, you remember what the uh, Scripture says in, in Mark 11:23? Yeah, you know that. I, you could quote that as well as I can. But, you know, Whosoever say unto this mountain, Be thou cast into the sea, and shall not death in his heart, that he shall have whatsoever he saith say to the mountain, that's what David was saying to the mountain, the giant, uh, you're mine, yeah, you're mine. and therefore he didn't doubt in his heart, and that's what God has always wanted of people, to speak faith because they have it inside of them, they're going to agree with what God says, that's it, that settles the issue. Then uh, finally we went into 1 Kings 18, 1 through 46 where we then learn something else about faith. We learn that, uh, well, God's people still weren't doing right at times, and then Elijah came along and said, okay, uh, there's going to be a drought for, for three and a half years. <coughs> okay? You understand that? There's going to be a drought. That's what God said. So they, Elijah was just said, okay, that's it. So after three and a half years, He began to pray. God put it on his heart. He prayed for rain. Uh, Didn't see any. He prayed for rain. Didn't see any. He prayed for rain. Didn't see any. He prayed seven times for rain. And finally, he saw a small cloud up in the sky. And he said, That's it. The rain's coming. Therefore, he warned everybody, the rain is coming. In other words, he began to see things by faith. He didn't see the physical rain. He saw the evidence of what was going to take place. That's what we need to learn too. So, well, it didn't quite work out in the Old Testament, did it? Not the way God wanted it to. So, God says, okay, let's, let's, let's start again. I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send my son upon the face of the earth. And so that's where we are today. We're looking at the fact that God has always wanted a people of faith who would live it and speak it. Live it and speak it. Not get caught up into, well, I can, you know. It's just like me uh, had skin cancer last week. and People would ask you, how you doing? (laughs) You see, People are going to say, well, I'm just feeling bad again. You know. Well, you know, I'm healed. That's it, period. Well, you don't look here. That do not make any difference whether I look at it or not. I'm healed, period. That's End of discussion. I'm agreeing with what God says. I'm agreeing with what God says. So praise the Lord. We, that's where we are today. We're looking at this 12-year-old boy who's going to teach us some things. <laughs> oh, right. Hallelujah. Let's turn to uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Luke 2, 41 through 52. And his parents, Jesus' parents, went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. Uh, all the people would go, all the villagers would go together, and there'd be a, this big crowd going to Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the Feast. And when they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his parents and his mother did not know it. You know, so many people, so many kids, they, they didn't check to see if uh, Jesus was with them. But supposedly him to have been in the company, you know, he's playing probably with a friend of his, uh, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, seeking him. Now so it was, after uh, three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Son, why have you done this to us? Uh, well, we we'll go back down to verse 48 with that. So when they saw him, they were amazed and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anguishly. And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them Came to Nazareth and was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. Praise the Lord. Well, I, I lost my son. <laughs> I can't find him anywhere. Only got one child here. Wow, what's wrong? Well, that's the firstborn. There, you know how the firstborn is. We figure he's off doing something to miss. You know <laughs> no, Jesus wasn't doing that. And they lingered, they lingered. Jesus lingered. Uh, have you ever lingered before? You know that's not the terminology we use all the time. So I, I had to look that word up, lingered. And lingered means to stand firm, waiting calm and courageously. Hmm. So Jesus was standing firm, waiting calmly and courageously. He wasn't there stressed out even though his parents had left him. You see, he was there. He wanted to learn. He wanted to find out more. He wanted to learn what he could. He was trying to develop an understanding of analyzing and discerning and putting things together. You see, that's what Jesus is trying to teach us. We do not just come... Into the first grade and graduate from high school the next day no we've got to grow and learn and study and receive a knowledge and be able to put it all together what does all this mean how does it apply to my life what am, what what's important here uh, how how am i going to, to use this information that i've gotten this understanding so just what jesus was doing he Even in the midst of all of this, he was still learning. Jesus is teaching us as a human being that we need to learn. We need to learn. We need to learn everything that we can. Uh, We don't know it all. And if it takes listening to somebody that we might not agree with, we might pick up on something. I remember looking at some uh, evangelist on TV that I didn't agree with him, but I did pick up on something that I hadn't heard before. Therefore, I would want to listen and to receive that. In other words, I could discern what is the truth and not the truth. That's what Jesus was always doing. He was teaching us that we need to come and to learn. So Scripture says that even though he was the Son of God, he submitted to his parents. That's one thing that we need to learn as well. Submission to the authority over us. That's one of the hardest things. Even though we may not agree with that authority, we need to learn to submit to the authority over us because it's gonna benefit us. That's what the scripture says. I learned that being in the Methodist Church. Now, nothing, I nothing against my experiences where I was but I learned to submit to the authority even though I may not agree with them, I still submitted to them. I even actually went to the person that was in charge over me and said, listen, I submit to your authority. Even though I didn't like what he was saying, I still submitted to his authority. And when it came against the Word of God, (laughs) I, 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 I stuck to the Word of God, you know. Just like he told me not to preach and teach on healing anymore, I, I got up next Sunday and this is what I did, I preached on healing. But I, I do, I do submit to the authority. We've got to learn that, even in this country today, things are going on in the United States of America that we don't agree with, but we have to learn to submit to the authority over us. And what does God tell us to do? Pray for the authority. Pray for the authority. I pray for our president to come to know Jesus Christ and a realization of his life, not just to know him as an institution, uh, as a religion, but to know him personally. So pray for the authority over you, whether in your work, whether in your household, whether in this country, whatever it is, pray for the authority over you. Submit to that authority. Then it says that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God. And you, I mean, he's already the Son of God. You mean he's going to? He's got some growing. You think he had all the wisdom that God had? No. He's coming to teach us. He came to Earth as a human being. He laid aside everything that he had in heaven and came as a human being so that we could learn how to grow ourselves as to what God wanted us to do in relationship with Him. He grew in wisdom, how to operate in wisdom. You know, a lot of times we make all kinds of decisions, but we don't do it wisely. A lot of times God teaches us and tells us to say something, but we don't ask Him when. (laughs) We just blurt it out, and that's not maybe what God wants at that time. You know, God has a word for an individual. Well, is this the time for me to do it? Am I to do it in public? Am I to take this person aside? What's the wisdom of God in this situation? So he grew in wisdom on how to minister upon the face of the earth. That's what he did. And he grew in stature. Now I believe because he grew (laughs) he grew you know, he grew taller for sure. Physically grew, but he grew in stature within his spirit. He he began to to comprehend things that he hadn't, hadn't known before as as a human being, and he began to grow in that. Now, he he grew in favor, the grace of God upon his life, favor with God. Now we all need favor with God, and we have it, but we need to grow in it. We've got the favor of God, but we need to learn how to walk in it, live in it, abide in it, speak in it. Everything that's with God. I got favor with my Heavenly Father. My Father loves me, and He's going to use me. And I believe Him. I got favor with Him. So, Jesus grew. This 12 year old boy is trying to teach us something, and He has. So, What came out of this young boy was that he knew his mission. That's what it said when they asked him, "Uh, Why have you done this to us, son? And he said, Listen, don't you know I don't be about my father's business? He knew what he was supposed to do at age 12. Hmm. Do we know what our father wants us to do? At age seventy-six, <laughs> yes, I'm keep learning, I'm keep following, I'm keep understanding. So, what was his mission upon the face of the earth? Well, we know John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus' mission upon the face of the earth was to come so that we wouldn't perish but have eternal life. Well, hallelujah, I'm going to have eternal life in heaven. No, eternal life now. Jesus said the kingdom of God is now. We're citizens of the kingdom of God now. So therefore I'm going to learn how to live in that eternal life that I already have inside of me right now. Uh, that's one thing I've been uh, uh, posting on Facebook, some teaching from Ephesians. The first three chapters deal with everything that we have inside of us. We must know what we have inside of us, and we have the salvation, the eternal life of God. So, what else here? Uh, John uh, 15, John 5, I mean. It's a good thing I got on my glasses. I can see, brother. John 5, verse uh, verse 19, and Jesus says, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. So, He doesn't do anything unless he's seeing the Father doing it. So that's his mission. The mission is not for me to come up with something to do, come up with a good project, come up with, uh, get involved in this helping ministry and whatever. God wants me to see what he's doing, that he wants me to be involved in, and I'm going to do that. Jesus said, listen, I I can't do nothing of myself. Because if I go out and try to do something on myself, it's going to stress me out, cause me to do things that are not what God intended for my life. But if I just wait, see what God wants me to do, then walk out in that, then He does it. That's much better than me trying to do it. He'll use me to do it. So I, Jesus said, listen, I just want to do what I see the Father doing. He, in other words, He's beginning to to teach us to walk in faith, trust in God, and to speak what God says to us to do. He calls us to do this. Wow. uh So, same chapter, verse 30. I can of myself do nothing, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will. <laughs> That's important. Uh, I want to do what I want to do. I'm a Christian. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongues. Man, I know some things. I know what can be done, and that's my will. But he said, but I don't seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. See, God created us to do His will. He created Adam and Eve to do His will, and they messed up. He created Noah to do his will. And he did. And the people after that messed up. He created Abram to do his will. And that's what he wanted to teach us faith, walking in faith. So I, I am walking in faith, trusting God. You see, if God tells you to do something, about three months ago he told me to go. Okay. <laughs> well, what else? Well, that's all he told Abram was to go. So what did I do? Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out to Texas and be with my kids. <laughs> no, you're not, Frank. Oh, well, I'm going to move down to Florida so that uh, my wife can have a, a good friend. No, that's nobody to go. <laughs> you see, I can plan things out. Cause I can do that. See, I'm smart. I got a Ph.D. I don't know no, things, things, you know. But but God then said, No, I want you to return where you came from and be involved in the church there. Now, I don't, uh, okay, where am I going to live? He showed us a home, and now we're getting ready to prepare it, to get it all ready to move in. He's supplying the person to oversee it all. I mean, that's the way it is. If you walk in God's will, he'll supply everything you need. You won't have to worry about a thing. You don't have to fret. You won't get stressed out. Uh, the flesh wants to try to figure it all out. Because that's my mind, because I majored in math. And mathematical mind always tries to figure things out. And it don't work. Shut up, Frank. That's what I have to tell myself sometimes. Shut up. You gotta tell yourself that. Because now you're going to do the will of your Father who sent you. It's His will in you, working in and through you. That's it. He will get it accomplished. You're His instrument. You're not the one directing God how to do things. (laughs) God is directing you how to do things. So that's what Jesus was trying to teach us every time. So, what is our mission? Alright, let's go back to, uh, let's go to chapter 15 of John and see what our mission is. Uh, Jesus talking, talking to his disciples and he said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Okay? Oh, whatever I ask the Father, he'll give me. Yeah, but uh, you you forgot the first part of the verse. He said, I've appointed you to go bear fruit. So whatever you ask the Father in the manner of bearing fruit, he'll give it to you. Because that's what he wanted you to do. So, he's chosen us to bear fruit. Uh, (laughs) To bear fruit. The fruit of the kingdom of God upon the face of the earth and into people's lives. Whoa. So, what else? What else is our mission? Uh, John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 21. Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Wow. You mean as Jesus came to minister upon the face of the earth, he also sends us as his disciples? Yes. Because it says, you know, in John chapter 14, it says, You'll do the same works that I do and even greater works shall you do. So He's sending us to do the same thing He did. Wow. You mean we can do that? Yes. No, we can't. But He can. (laughs) The Holy Spirit in you gives you the power and authority to do what Jesus does and even greater works. You can see great things take place that you never dreamed of before. See, that's what he wants us to do. We're chosen to bear fruit. We are sent to do the works of the Father, the same works that Jesus did and even greater works. That's what Jesus says. Do you believe that? Yes. Am I capable of doing that in me? No. In Christ Jesus, yes. In the power of the Holy Spirit, yes. He will do it. The anointing of the Spirit of God will be upon you to accomplish what He wants. What He wants. Oh, uh, one of my favorite scriptures says that I am crucified with Christ. I am dead. (laughs) Nevertheless, I live. Not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith. You could say in Jesus, but of is a good, of Christ Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm going to live according to the faith of Christ because I'm dead, I'm living in him. You see, it's not a part-time job. (laughs) It's not one of those things that you sit at home and the government pays you. No, 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 no. That doesn't work either. You're not going to get blessings poured out upon you but just sitting at home. You're going to get blessings when you're out there Walking in God's will for your life. So let me read this as the end of everything. I, I have this and it means a lot to me. And I'm going to slowly go through it and we're going to wind up with this. When you do the works of God, you will be blessed. You can't help but be blessed <laughs> because He is accomplishing everything through you. When blessings come, to your work, service, or ministry, it is tempting you to accept that this is all God has for me. <laughs> well, I'm so blessed. I, this is it right here. Oh, and you find it—you'll find it easy to stop and rest. Stop and rest, yeah, rather than keeping your hand to the plow. Jesus said that in Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Don't look back. Keep your hands on the plow. Keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. All right. Instead, refuse to allow the blessing of God's grace on your work to lead you to think that He may not be ready to even do more in your life. (laughs) That's right. I'm at age 76, and now I'm moving again. Ah in in fifty uh blah blah blah, blah 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 how many years I've been married? Fifty four years. <laughs> fifty four years I moved every two and a half years on an average. Why? Because God said go. God said go do this. You see, God's always on the move. He's never stationary and he always has something more for you to do. I am not through. When do I get through at my age? When Jesus comes in the rapture and takes me home. That's it. That's the finish. That's the finish line. The finish line is not sitting around waiting for it to come. No. He said, Now, I don't want you to even think about giving up. I got more for you to do. No. He does not call you to attempt to produce more. But, to ask and believe Him for more. Whoa. See, you're not, okay, I'm going to do more. No, He didn't ask you to do that. He's asking you to ask and believe Him for more because it's Him that's doing it. More. For the greater works He has in store for us to receive and by His grace achieve for His kingdom's purpose, and glory. It's all for Him, Lord. It's all for you, Lord. It's never for me. It's all for your glory. It's all for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. So keep your heart set and ready for the next advance for his kingdom. Hallelujah. I am praying right now for you to know your mission here upon the face of the earth. I am praying for you to walk in faith and speak faith I'm praying for the mighty power of the Holy Spirit to wake you up in the middle of the night and say, this is what I want you to do. This is your assignment. Now go do it. Now go do it. Hallelujah. And I found out I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. Preach, teach. I, I, uh, 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 God, didn't you know that I grew up stuttering? <laughs> he doesn't care. I mean, <laughs> come on now. Uh, I, I uh, yeah, come on, Moses. <laughs> Aaron, speak for me. <laughs> no, God. God says, I'll take care of that. I, I you know, I'll change that. No matter what you think your weakness is, He'll make it strong. Whoo! Hallelujah! Give it to Him. Let Him have it. So let me pray for you today. Father, I just bless you and thank you, and I thank you that you have a mission for all of us. And I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to reveal it to each one listening and watching today. And throughout this time, Father, we just bless you and thank you that even though we may be so a a small thing, we are great things in your presence. And in and through you, we're going to accomplish great things. And we thank you, Father, that we're not finished yet because we have things to do that you put into our hearts, your will to be done in us as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.